Welcome to the only podcast that shares the astronomical and mathematical positions of the heavenly bodies. This is Sky Astrology. No, not astrology. This is Sky Astrology via astronomy. I might as well introduce myself to the podcast. This is the 290 first episode of where the heavenly bodies are and where I tell you based on the mathematical distances and positioning from earth as seen to the sky where the heavenly bodies are and what constellations were rising and now it's become more important now that I have been blessed with people who totally understand and appreciate sky astrology and have a sky chart where they can actually follow along and place the heavenly bodies in the particular places in their sky and know how that might have a um, I don't want to say effect but the fact is that they are now conscious of this energy that they can verify with their eyes or sky location app in the sky or they can just be aware of it and know that it is an astronomical calculation and not an astrological uh, um, information that is 2,000 years out of date. And so I invite you all to be an observer. If you are interested, please go to the website and ask me for a discovery call, which I'm happy to do. Please do send me a message as well because they're just fixing the scheduling <laughs> app on my website. But um, you, I do suggest you send me an email at skyastrology at gmail. Okay, so let's start at 11 minutes after, oh, I even said that wrong, 11 minutes after 11 GMT time, that's p.m., and that is 11 minutes after 6 p.m. for those of you in New York and California, those of you students in Texas, the time would be 11 minutes after 5 p.m., and last but not least, for those of you in California, it's 11 minutes after 3 p.m. Where we want to start with what constellation is rising. Oh, my Mercury's rising. <laughs> so this must be a good idea for me to come back and share where the heavenly bodies are. And try to wake up as many people as possible, which I've been doing with the discovery calls and so everyone has a sky and they can uh, have this information as often as I am able to give it which will be more than once a week for sure where they are and then can get back in the rhythm of our sun and moon which is so much more important than holidays or <laughs> dates and since we all have so much time now on our hands <laughs> 
then it will be, of course, useful, I'm sure. I'm just checking. Sound check. Good. So, we have the constellation of Scorpio rising 2 degrees. Now, that's not something you would put in your chart, but as a lesson, which I am working on, the ascendant moves 1 degree every 4 minutes. So, actually, it's 21 minutes after 11 London time which is 10 minutes more, so it's moved actually 2 degrees already, so it's probably 4 degrees Scorpio, I think. <laughs> anyway, it does matter the intent where I count, and I did start, I did turn the mic on at 11-11. Uh, okay, enough of blah blah blah. Here we go. What I'm going to share with you is where Pluto is, now Pluto had a lot of things going on with it. First in January, was it January? No, it was Saturn and uh, Pluto, yes it was. And then it was now recently Jupiter and Pluto. So that is a very important point to note on the 444, the 4th of April, 44, or Michael, my, my, uh, Maya Angelou's birthday, and also the day that um, Jay, uh, Martin Luther King passed away, or was assassinated, sorry, we had the 444, and people were um, asking for uh, everyone to have a global meditation, and I had a very strange occurrence on that day, so I know it's a very powerful day. Pluto was at 28 degrees of Sagittarius and followed very closely of course because Jupiter is still in the area it is at 29 degrees of Sagittarius and they are both in a fire energy now Saturn is at one degree of Capricorn after having been in Sagittarius for a while and making those, um, of course, as I mentioned, connections with Pluto and uh, in Pluto in January. Then we have Mars is also in Capricorn. Now I have a big secret to note, and it's because I am open-minded and I do discovery calls, and I was talking to someone, and. I said, oh, I think, you know, you're a Capricorn. And she's like, well, I really identify with Aquarius. And so I thought, oh, let me check this out. And what did I find? These constellations share space. And actually a big space. So there's actually a very important star of Aquarius that reaches over into halfway into the Capricorn space. And because... It is connected to a air energy that is partly connected to water because it is in the part of the sky called the sea. And Capricorn is connected to earth. Then we have a representation of air and earth in the same space, which are totally different energies, but two that do very pleasantly coexist not like say um, 
water and fire. So it's good to be conscious of that. And it's very good because air, even though it's altruistic and wants to make a change, you know, age of Aquarius and everything, it needs real action to make it work. It's a great idea, and especially with these amazing, far-reaching, amazing ideas, it will really need some hard graph behind it and some power. And it's the best kind of power to have is the Capricorn energy because the Capricorn is careful, gets things done. And they say that the goat that moves carefully up the mountain (laughs) will go back and... Help the others also reach the top of the mountain, which is also associated with Martin Luther King being to the mountain top and the connection with that, but not wanting it's not enough to reach on your own, but to lift those around you. And that's how they say the goat got his unicorn when he's connecting with that. So um, it's I love that. As you see, so yes, we have our moon there now, and maybe that's why <laughs> I kind of went off into a more in depth explanation because that is where the energy is um, now with Mars in Capricorn, and our moon is 16 degrees of Aquarius. So, what I deal with also is the midpoints, and so the midpoint of those two would be. At the beginning of Aquarius. And so we are right now dealing with um, a need uh, explained or expressed by the planet Mars, which is drive, to understand what do we have to do to really use this time to make a change in our lives or in our planet because we see how, you know, the oceans are enjoying respite from us and the beaches and the air and, you know, all these things that are the home that we live in. So I think it's important to remember and to think about how this difference can be made for the future. And I'm sure people have the time on their hands now to come up with some innovative ideas. I see a lot of forums forums talking about that so I'm very hopeful like I said our moon is at 16 degrees of Aquarius now mind you in sky astrology they don't have the same amount of degrees in each sign because this is the actual size of the constellations as they are seen on in our sky on the plane that earth views them so This, we will soon be out of Aquarius. And actually, I can tell you when. And I can only tell you when based on, I have to calculate, tomorrow morning, or tomorrow afternoon, mind you. Tomorrow afternoon (laughs) at 3.41 p.m. GMT time. That's 9.41 Texas time, because I know, because one of my clients' students are there. And it is at 7.41 California time. Tomorrow, our moon will go into Pisces. And so that is some good information for those of you. And it's important, I believe, to note when 
the moon changes and mind you I always see it as a journey so just because it's boom at one at zero degrees which is a special time I do use and suggest people be mindful of that time this is the transition time this is the cusp this is where you know the energies are interacting and when you have a journey that you're on you just don't forget how you got somewhere because you prepared for it so the preparation is now and before and the journey of moving from where the moon was at the full moon and it's approaching the new moon so we're from the full moon to the new moon finishing up all the intentions from the last new moon and growing in that when the, the sun shone a light at the fullest and now we're just pulling in the pieces of that of the waning moon and as we come to meet the sun again that will be in the constellation of Aries and a little bit in Sati. Sati is the constellation name and Satus is also the constellation name but the you know the astronomical one is Satan the Latin one so right now we are about to actually go into Pisces which is also part of Satus and there's a lot to be written on it and I plan to share more in the next coming days so that was a long drawn out thing one thing we need to know is that the moon is approaching Neptune. Neptune is in Aquarius at the end at 22 degrees. So, because the moon is at 16 degrees and Neptune's at 22 degrees, how much? How many degrees is that part? Six degrees. How quickly does the moon move? One degree, approximately every two hours. That means we need 12 hours to be conjunct with Neptune. Our moon and Neptune which is important to be conscious of and that's 12 hours from now at 11 in the morning GMT time and you'll have to figure out the others I always mess that up because I've blubbered too much okay let's go we want to talk about Mercury at 21 degrees Pisces it has the degree it is of course also with Satus the main energy here is water. We are in part of the sky called the sea. Mercury is not really connected with water. Mercury is more comfortable with air and with earth. But it knows how to deliver messages. It has been delivering messages because it has just come out of the retrograde period in Aquarius. And Aquarius is connected with water. And so it is on a journey giving information but you can think maybe there's more information to get and I have that feeling people believe that in general now with what we're going through that there's some information it's not clear yet it's not all there and people are looking now intuitively maybe we can take time to think about that at 11 a.m. tomorrow when our moon which is connected to water, connected to cancer, goes and shares space with Neptune, which is connected to Pisces and dreams and illusions and spirituality and 
the ability to be intuitive about uh, unseen information or illusions that are not clear or visions or situations, I should say, that are not clear. So, yes, that's good to be conscious of that happening. So, next is our sun, which is also quite exciting because our sun is mathematically at a zero degrees of Aries. And Aries is a little bit further off. It's not a very big constellation. It's sharing space also with Seti, which is part mammal, which they say is of earth and they say part reptilian which is dragon and has a fire in its belly and part fish the tail is of a fish and it's very big constellation and it's below the Pisces Pisces above and then Aries is even higher but the fact of the matter is there are no borders in space and they are sharing the space together and so it's an opportunity because I believe my personal opinion that that is why we have our sky to acknowledge the different energies that we are, you know, privy to when the sun and the moon is seen amongst them. And, you know, maybe in the modern times now, we are not as careful to take a moment. But I think as a lot of stargazers are doing when it's a clear sky, have been taking time to reconnect and look up. And so I suggest you do as well. Because, uh, you know, there's very few people, I think, who when taken and given the opportunity to really stare at a starry sky, a starry clear sky, are not flabbergasted by the energy and just the experience of being under those twinkling stars. So, next, Venus. No, there's Uranus is there. Uranus is very close to the sun. And the sun moves one degree a day. So in seven days, Uranus is, and the sun are going to be together. So we could expect something unusual and seeing what's going to come of that. But right now, we know it is at seven degrees of Aries. Next, we have Venus, and Venus is at home in Taurus. No, not Gemini. And Venus is going to go, or seem to be go, to go retrograde on May the 13th in her home space. And so we are looking to see what that is. And I think it's poignant because with Sky Astrology, it's very much a mathematical equation. And because today's the 18th and Venus is at 18 degrees, I see that as a confirmation. Like I see the year 2020 as a chant. I see 1111 when you see 1111 as a chant. And I believe there's a certain power in that. And so let's say 18, April 18th, Venus is at 18. We need love. And as a water priestess, Someone I follow and also a student of mine on Instagram always says, love is in the air. And if you want to check her out, I will put her details in the description. Really, you don't want to miss what she's teaching, what she's sharing. 
It's very empowering. Now, one more thing is that the North Nodes, the North Node is leaving where it has been the whole time for the last um, few years. And it's going to move from a air energy. It's at zero degrees now of Gemini and it moves backwards so it's been moving through Gemini and now it's at zero degrees of Gemini it's going to take a few days or even a week or so to get out of there but it will be going and coming into Earth of Taurus and we're going to be talking about what that means um, for us as a collective and mind you if you have a sky from me you and you have something in Gemini or in Taurus, you will want to know if that will have a connection with the points in your sky. That helped me discover my life's purpose and my past lives connections. And I am 3000% sure that this information could be quite eye opening. So that is an absolute invitation for you to contact me if you like a discovery call, uh, absolutely free, no obligation call to really see what Gastrology is and, 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 and to be invited for a free link to Gastrology Q&A from A to Z, which usually the students who get a Stardust DNA consultation receive, but I am giving that to people who are really interested in Sky Astrology and really want to know what it's about. You can get that for free, and then if you're curious, you'll get a special offer to actually get a chart so that now you can follow along with my weekly or bi-weekly at least podcasts on Periscope and on Anchor, iTunes, Google Play, blah, 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 da, da, da. And even on my website, the links to listen and chart and be in tune again with our heavenly bodies in the sky. I think that's amazing, you know, because the sky is amazing. It's been there in plain sight all the time. And the sun rises for us every day. Even when it's raining. Even when there's clouds, it's there. Because we wouldn't have daytime. And I just think the least we can do is to honor it by knowing exactly where it is. Acknowledging where it is. And giving thanks to the energy where it is. That is connected to the history of our, our lives. Of the universe. I can't say it any other way, but I want to thank you all for listening. If you would like to subscribe, I would be grateful, especially at iTunes, so that more people are aware of this podcast and more people can catch the bug of looking up no matter what. That's all for me, Chapeau Claudette, a.k.a. Claudette, because I love clouds and... Welcome 
to the only podcast that shares the astronomical and mathematical positions of the heavenly bodies. This is Sky Astrology. No, not astrology. This is Sky Astrology via astronomy.